you realize that in such a tiny country, the level of diversity that you have available, I mean, how can you get bored in Portugal? It's impossible, unless you want. But look, in a few hours, you go from mountain to ocean, to lakes, to rivers, to plains, to valleys, I mean, vineyards, uh, you name it. And the other thing is that as you move along all this diversity, it changes the language, it changes the gastronomy, and it changes the weather. So, um, you know, for me, literally, Portugal is a small Disneyland for grown-ups. Olá e bem-vindo! Welcome to The Simple Life, an insider's perspective into Portugal. We already know about Portugal's amazing weather, food and people. In this podcast we go deeper and meet the real people who make this country so wonderful. Dylan, who has made his life in Portugal, shares an insider's perspective into what makes Portugal the unique, beautiful and amazing country that it is. Join him and his guests every week as they shed some light on the incredible people, culture, history and lifestyle that makes Portugal so appealing. A country where everyone feels like they belong. This podcast is sponsored by Portugal Realty. Welcome to The Simple Life. On this week's episode, I'm joined by João Pera Viana. João considers himself a citizen of the world. He was born in Portugal, finished high school in the US, and completed his master's in Belgium before a long corporate career that took him to Central Asia, Eastern Europe, Africa. After a long career, João decided to start Walking Mentorship, an amazing program that helps people by walking. We discuss amongst other things. The first time João experienced, truly experienced, the word saudade, um, where he's worked overseas, why he's so proud of Portugal, Portuguese people, and why Portuguese people care. We talk about his walking mentorship, why he loves so much what he does, how nature is for everyone, his favorite places to walk in Portugal, the diversity of Portugal, and we talk about how Portugal is Disney World for adults. For those of you listening, head over to our YouTube channel to watch some of this episode. And now, over to my conversation with João. Welcome back, or welcome to another episode of Portugal The Simple Life. And I'm delighted to be joined here by João Perre Viana. João, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. How are you? Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm very well. Wonderful day. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful weather for September. Everyone in Europe is jealous of, of Portugal on, on days and weeks like this. I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were just talking off camera about your, your, unique, um, your unique surname um, before we started recording. My, my son, as I told you, always um, jokes with me about the way that I pronounce Pecha. Uh, that it should be pera when I'm talking about the fruit, the pear. Um, but yeah, your, your your surname is quite a unique one. Well, yeah, indeed. It's um, I, I don't think there are many families. Probably only we are the only family with such name. <laughs> that's 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 good. At least it sets you apart a little bit, you know. So that's that's good. That's that's good. At least people will remember the name. Um, Joao, why don't you start off telling us a little bit about you? Well, absolutely. So. Uh, my name is João, as you mentioned. I'm 51 years old, and um, <clears throat> I'm married. I'm a father of three boys, wonderful boys, Mateus, uh, Santiago, and Michael. And um, what can I say? My, my main hobbies are actually very much related with my activity, daily day activity. So I love to walk in nature. And I actually have another hobby. I love to send postcards to family and friends. This is something I love to do. And looking at the feedback, it looks like people actually like to receive uh, physical mail <laughs> in their mailboxes. <laughs> it's nice because these days, all that we get in our physical mailboxes is in Portugal is bills and uh, and publicity. You know, either yeah. uh, a, re a real estate agent uh, trying to sell your house, or uh, <laughs> or um, uh, Mayo or Continent saying, "Hey, we've got the best bacalhau. Come come to Continent." <laughs> Um, but yeah, where, where, where was the last place you sent a postcard from? 
actually just a week and a half ago from well some of them from switzerland some of them from italy and yeah. um, i'm just waiting now to be notified by those family and friends that the mailman arrived i can tell you that some countries the mailman it's quite slow these days <laughs> i was uh, in portugal we're quite lucky the mailman's still pretty pretty good uh these yeah, days i agree i agree good we have a good, have agree a good one you. we have a good one um and you mentioned your your uh, i like the names Matius and and santiago and it must be it's miguel or is it miguel michael or actually michael Mi yes michael or not miguel not miguel okay i okay. mean i call him miguel sometimes just to piss him off but his name is michael <laughs> okay interesting interesting um, João, uh, tell us a little bit about your where you're from in, in Portugal, your hometown. Um, Absolutely. All, all so of I our was guests born in Lisbon. You are born in I'm Lisbon? I'm what you can call Alpha Senior. So I was born pretty much downtown. Yeah. And um, I lived in Lisbon, a beautiful city, until I was 17. Um, I left Portugal at 17 to study abroad. And after that, um, I returned for a few years, but then I went again. So... I actually worked turned out to be the best travel agency in my life because it really allowed me to leave and visit uh, and experience different cultures, languages, and <clears throat> and I'm very happy for that. And about uh, 15 years ago, me and my wife, I think we decided that uh, we were a bit tired of big cities, so mm -hmm. we bought a piece of land uh, somewhere in what we call the wild west of Portugal, or west, <laughs> not okay. so deep, not so far from where you are. I okay, think. yeah. Where was it? Where and, is it? Uh, I'm not far from uh, Serra de Montjuïc. So actually, ah, beautiful. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's difficult to say where I live because literally there is nothing around us except vineyards. But when I say one of the name of the the, the wines that are produced here, actually people can connect where I live. So. Uh, just, uh, I don't know, 10 meters from my window, uh, I have the grapes from um, a, a beautiful project called Casa Sancho Lima, and the wine is called Palha Canas. And I live in a place that it's called Pereiro de Palha Cana. So okay. uh, very difficult to find on the map, but um, and the weather sometimes is a bit funny, but you know what? The wine is always good. Yeah, the, the, that's a good wine. It's it's just beautiful out that side, Mont Montjuïc too, and um, I mean, why, why the move there? Did you want something a bit more peaceful uh, for walking and, and things like that? Uh, actually, I don't think it was um, related with any of the things that I end up doing in life. But um, there was just a genuine desire to um, own a piece of land, work the land, uh, mm. you know, have your fingers, uh, hands dirty. Mm. And, um, and actually to do something that until today... I never find it any boring because every day is different. I open the door and for instance, at night and I see the stars and I just walk out my home. So um, it's a privilege. I'm very grateful for that. But at the same time, it was um, uh, a privilege that we work for and uh, yeah, we really course. enjoy. Yeah, of course. Of course, you, you work hard to get these things in your life and it's a, it's, it's a pleasure when it, when it finally happens. Um, uh, you used an expression which it's only really come up uh, the last few months or so on the on the podcast where when I've spoken to people from from Lisbon who are born and raised in Lisbon they use that term alpha senior. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like I suppose in English it would be a lettuce a lettuce head. Uh, I, I suppose I would be the the translation. Um, did you ever see the real alpha senior during COVID? There was a woman that was walking around. And instead of using a mask, she was using lettuce over her mouth during during COVID. Did you ever see? And they no. said she was the real alpha senior, you know, the the real one. <laughs> no, 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 I, I I didn't. But actually, the story of the name, I think, it's quite a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, all these um, uh, you know producers of vegetables around, uh, actually around and in Lisbon, because even until recently there were so many. So many people with a little yard and they will be able to grow their own, you know, lettuce and tomatoes and so on. So I guess we deserve the name. <laughs> it's a good, it's a, it's a nice name. It's a nice name. I love how a lot of our, our, like our names and our, our connotations and our, our, our sayings and things in Portugal are always associated to food. You know, uh, we're just absolutely crazy about food. Indeed. <laughs> you know, these kind of things. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the best. Well, food is part of our uh, culture and definitely part of what we are. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um joao you've 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 um you've traveled uh, a lot you've worked um you worked all over the world um tell us a little bit about those journeys and and maybe add in along there with you know having been back and forth between portugal what are what are the, some of the things that you appreciate uh, about our our country having having experienced so many different places and so many different cultures well um unfortunately i did not really travel all over the world that's a pity because i would i, I would definitely do it but i think i did travel a lot in a moment then uh when uh, my um capacity to do so my energy and actually my willingness to do so it really came at the right time um i think um my very first experience uh, was as an exchange student, and uh, this experience really changed my life because I went from uh, Portugal, Lisbon to Montana in US, and wow. uh, this experience was quite remarkable. And actually, I have to tell you, maybe a little story. Um, um, when I arrived in US, I remember that I had to explain a few times, um, you know, details, things about Portugal, and quite often... Um, we were, uh, me and the other exchange students or foreigners, we were invited to go to other schools to talk a little bit about our own countries. And uh, I remember that quite often, maybe some of the people will do a little bit of homework and they would ask me uh, things such as, for instance, um, uh, is it Fado the national song of Portugal? And actually, I would get a bit upset and I would say, well, not for me, not for me. I wouldn't say exactly like that, but at least in my mind, I would say, Fado, no, God, no, I hate that. I was 17. And um, I have to tell you that. Um, so I went, I think, maybe July or August. It was summertime. And at, back in those days, so 1990, uh, there is no internet, no email. So actually, I was communicating with my family, with my parents uh, by uh, mail. So we are writing letters pretty much every week. And we would have maybe a phone call once a month. So it was tough. And um, I start missing home tremendously. And actually, I think for the first time in my life, I understood the meaning of the word saudade, which honestly, I heard about it, obviously. I think I knew about it. But I think I didn't really. So it was maybe one or two days before Christmas. And I felt so uh, lonely. And actually, I, I think the word probably depressed would apply. And um, I had, uh, a, you know, a really bad night. So maybe imagine three, four o'clock in the morning. I just can't sleep. And in that moment, I remember to tell myself if an airplane would park outside the door, I would jump in and I would go back home, which I never thought I would say that. But, well, fortunately, there was no airplane and no <laughs> airport nearby. So I went upstairs and I picked up a present that my Portuguese parents offer to my American parents because I was living with an American family. And this present was very unique because at the time there were not many CD-ROMs around. And it was a CD uh, of musics from Zeca Fonso, Fado, actually, you know, specific Fado, Queen, but Fado. And having nothing better to do at four o'clock in the morning, I start playing, you know, not very loud, but I start playing this CD. And I think for the first time in my life, <clears throat> I truly listened and understood the words that were being mm -hmm. said. And... I remember that the, probably I cried for an hour or two. I think I washed <laughs> all my pain. And um, I have to say that uh, after that day, I think uh, I'm so much more proud of being Portuguese. Um, with Even with all peculiarities and, you know, things that we have. But I, I am, I'm very proud of being uh, born in such culture. Uh, sharing this uh, beautiful language that we have and um, maybe not shouting too much but every little corner of the world that I went working I think I'm I can say that I left a little seed of Portugal over there in terms of music maybe gastronomy or just the way we are as Portuguese yeah very nice where where where, where I mean I've 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 um We've connected on LinkedIn. I've seen you've worked in quite a few places. Where whereabouts did you work? Uh, whereabouts did your work your or your former work? Because we'll get on to your current work. But where else? Where's your formal your former work taken you? 
Well, from US, actually, <clears throat> I returned to Europe and I studied in, in Belgium. So I work and study in, in Belgium, in Netherlands, in France. And then I went on to a, a bit uh, far east. So I went to Central Asia. Uh, I lived and worked in Kazakhstan. And actually, I had to work a little bit on the other stands. Uh, Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan, and uh, I did a stint in Russia, Ukraine, and then I went back to Europe and then to Africa. So uh, I, I'm very fortunate, I think, that uh, I had the chance to see how so similar we are as humans, as a species, let's say, and what we have that unites us is so strong and actually so clear and it's so much more interesting than what maybe you could say divide or set us apart. So I would say that um, uh, I think uh, not only me, because I really feel like that, but I think pretty much everybody, even if they don't know, we are citizens of the world, all of us. Yeah, it's 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 true. Um, uh, but I mean, I can see from the way that you're talking, you you when even maybe as a as a boy, as a as that young seventeen year old boy, you 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 went to these places with a um with an open mind with an open with an open heart with a, a good attitude towards integrating into meeting and to talking and connecting with people um i believe uh, and maybe i'm biased because i've lived here for for so long but i believe this is something that portuguese people are particularly um good at i don't want to say that it's a skill but it's something that comes quite naturally why do you think we are such good travelers? Why do you think this is something that Portuguese people are able to do to go to, you've mentioned all the stuns, the Kazakhstan, and the, you've gone to these random places where a lot of people wouldn't maybe want to go and, and found an enjoyment and joy. And, and like you said, left parts of Portugal there. Um, why do you think we are such good travelers? Uh, what what mm -hmm. do you think makes a part of our, our, our culture? I, I I don't have any art data, but I can tell you one thing. Uh, my parents, uh, when I was very, very young, they had a summer house in a beautiful place on the coast called Azanhas do Mar, near it's, Sintra. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was living there probably since I was two or three years old. And there is one thing. Uh, so actually, maybe it's easier if we both picture this. The moment that you <clears throat> reach the ocean, the Atlantic, especially the Atlantic, and you look at the ocean, I think there are basically two feelings you can have. You look at this endless horizon and you think, what is beyond the horizon? Or you say, this is very frightening and I'm going to turn my back and just go back home. I do think that we have these types, these two types at least in our culture. And I think there are many, many Portuguese that when they look at the ocean, when they look at the line of the horizon, maybe they are in, inland and they see still this line of the horizon and they think, what is beyond that? And the next answer has to be something like, one day, if I have a chance, I'm going to discover. And I think we were just fortunately, you know, born and planted in this place so look, we have our big, uh, let's say, big brother uh, in terms of neighborhood. I mean, it's just behind us. Um, and then you have the ocean. So actually, you have these two options in front of you. Uh, and I remember perfectly one of the first times I've been in front of the Atlantic. I really look at the line of the horizon and I really repeat it to myself. I want to know what is beyond that. And I didn't have for one single moment a sense of fear. Uh, or even doubt, actually. Uh, it was so natural. And I, I don't know, but I, I, I like the idea to believe that maybe 500 years ago, <clears throat> some guys <laughs> had exactly the same feeling, way more crazy than me, because, I mean, there were no maps, there was nothing. I mean, they were really on their own. And when you look at their boats, I, I think it's something absolutely remarkable. I think it really takes um, this uh, delta, which is the capacity to imagine different worlds that you haven't seen. And we, if you can imagine in terms of business, in terms of personal life, in terms of whatever, uh, <clears throat> I think that if the opportunity arises, you will take it. And many millions of Portuguese have taken them. I, I'm very proud for one thing that in different places I worked uh, around the world, I always end up 
actually hiring Portuguese people. And, uh, um, and I'm, I'm very happy because um, it was uh, always, I think, an incredible experience. Uh, we, we are good people. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Why, why do you, I mean, what, what do you think makes Portuguese people good people? Oh. No, it's a difficult question because you are a Portuguese person. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think it is? Um... Look, um, Dylan, I think Portuguese complain a lot. We all know that. Huh? Yes. But Portuguese people care. And I think this is, uh, let's say, a trace of personality that it's very hard to find genuinely around the world. We do care. And you can be in a situation, you know, like you are nearby um, a fan club from the club, the other club from another town that you hate. Okay. And most of the days of the year, probably you want to strangle this person. But if this person, man or woman, have a problem, I, I don't say we should for not, but imagine a car accident, something. In that moment, we care. Everything stops and we just immediately go down to our humanity and i think this is something mm. so unique uh and uh, it's um reassuring actually at least for me that you are surrounded by these very strange <laughs> people that can you know go up hell you know because of the slightest smallest thing but the next minute we shake hands and we help each other. We care. Mm. I think this is what is very distinctive. We care. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. It's been my my experience from, from day one um, coming across here. I, I don't look Portuguese. Uh, when I speak Portuguese, I don't sound Portuguese. Uh, I have a bit of an accent, apparently Ukrainian or something. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's been my experience from day one that even when a Portuguese person is uh, complaining. They are still help. They'll they will help you while they're complaining. You know they will, but they're still helping you, and it's a beautiful yes. it's a beautiful thing. Um, I agree with you. There's something completely unique uh, about about Portugal. Um, you mentioned how you've left parts of Portugal everywhere you've been, but um, what are what other things do you think make Portugal unique? Uh, where, you know, in comparison to other places you've been. Well, uh, maybe now I'm going to sound a bit negative. I hope not. Uh, but we are pretty unique in the missing opportunities. Uh, okay. So what I want to say is that we have, uh, especially when you travel a little bit or you live abroad or you work abroad, you gain perspective. And perspective changes everything. I mean, we know this, but it really changes everything. And if you suddenly understand the level of security, that you have in certain countries, the quality of food, the interrelationships between people, and so on. And then you look at Portugal, uh, and I say this, and I would say, unfortunately, but you asked me what makes us unique. I think it's really the amount of opportunities we have been missing. And um, you can see it as a negative thing, which I think definitely has a part that is not very positive, but you also can see it as a positive thing because it means that actually there's still things to be done because there are many places around the world there are not many new things to be done they are all done organized fixed whatever but here uh, i don't think so so uh, i guess that uh, <clears throat> there is a gap that needs to be uh, closed uh, especially in terms of um Again, it's kind of tricky path, but I think I should say this. In sure. terms of political maturity, th this gap needs to be closed. We need to be way more responsible for our decision-making, way more, way more involved. And honestly, if you are really uh, so against something, then you probably should do something. You know, you, you don't like the political scene? Well, create a political party. I have friends that have done that. It's hard. It's yes, it's hard. But look, what are the options? What are the alternatives? So yeah. you don't like what's happening in your street because you know this and that is not working. Well, then maybe you can run for junta de freguesia. Do something. Um, I think this is something that is an amazing opportunity. Maybe talk a little bit less because sometimes we talk a lot and do more. But mm. if we can keep both things together, 
because it's good, important as well to talk, huh? and you know, raise attention, uh, you know, release the steam. All of this is good things, but we should be more doers. And if we combine these two things, uh, we will have less and less opportunities that are missed. And I think this country can be uh, one level up. And I think we deserve that because there's, as I said, there's a lot of good people in Portugal, a lot. I know. I've, I've, I've had so many of them on the podcast and we haven't even scraped the surface. So thank you for being one of them as well. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you as well. Uh, I, I find it um, interesting um, as a, yeah, we've, I, I come from a country where there's a lot of, a lot of uh, political instability, a lot of, we, you know, in South Africa, it's well publicized, all the, the, the conflicts that have been in South Africa in the past, but um uh, I found it curious that when um, you know people, a lot of people will complain about the politic politics here and things, but but then you look at the numbers of people that actually vote, and it's very very low in comparison to the total population. This is a this is a problem. If you don't like it, go and vote. That's at least a start. Or go and do like what you said. We've had um, Tim Vieira on the podcast. He's going to be running for for president. Uh, I might have to do a, another interview with him. You know, because you never know what happens. We might we might be interviewing a, a future president. But absolutely, uh, it's, it's interesting. Absolutely. It's 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 really really interesting. And, and um, by the way, Dylan, let me just add. I mean, I know Tim well. It's it's a good friend and. You know, this is the kind of example that actually we need more because mm -hmm. he was so frustrated with the level of education in Portugal. He created his own project, this Brave Generation Academy. Incredible. So you can complain yeah. or you can actually talk a little bit, but then do things. Indeed. And um, we really need, uh, you know, a, a generation of doers. That's what we need more than anything yeah. else. We need to take the 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 We need to take it to another level. You know, yes. we need to. There's more because you 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 know it's it's so funny because it, it, one of the things that is part of our, our, our of the Portuguese culture is Portuguese people will roll up their sleeves and they'll they'll make a plan. They'll do something, but it seems like we need to now. We're ready now as a country to go to that next step and do more. Um, and it's been quite a, a theme on the podcast with some of the guests as well. So that's really interesting to hear you. You're saying that, um, Joao. I mean, take us from uh, to talk to talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now um, with your walking mentorship. It sounds really interesting. Well, thank you. Um, well, um, walking mentorship is uh, uh, the idea is quite simple. So we do uh, mentoring programs while walking in nature. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what we do. The idea, um, the idea came up. Uh, I think when I was probably 18 and um, uh, after a very, very long walk with a friend and how I understood that combining these ingredients, uh, you could really uh, create the conditions for deep change in your life, in this case, my own life. And I thought, okay, maybe one day if I can choose, this is exactly what I want to do with my life. Then I did a, a detour of 20 plus years in the corporate world, which was absolutely critical because it uh, led me to the person I am here, you know, today. So it was so critical uh, to do this long way around, let's put it this way. And um, and uh, today, I, I mean, in the last eight years, the walking mentorship is a reality that is uh, living outdoors in total freedom. I mean, we do have programs for individuals. So when we take one-on-one, -on -one, another person uh, on an immersive program, imagine seven, eight days, we have group programs, which is something very colorful and I think very unique because um, this is pure serendipity. I mean, you have seven, eight people from seven, eight different countries. We come together for one week in a, in a different uh, region or different country and uh, you work on your own self-development in a sense that you can reflect on your current moment. And then you try to align your purpose with your actions. So actually to design an action plan for your life, which usually comes, you know, all together, your professional life and your personal life. And finally, we have uh, as well corporate programs, which is a slightly different um, breed of programs because we know companies or corporations, uh, they are very peculiar because um, they want to do a lot of things, but then in the end of the day, they understand they cannot do as much as they, they want. So we need to have shorter programs. But what really impresses me is that even knowing that a corporate program that can last, imagine, minimum one day, I mean, what is one day in our life is not much. Mm -hmm. And then when we reach the end of the day, 
and you see the impact in these people, you think this is absolutely worth it. So this is what we do. Uh, we only do programs in Europe. And today, I mean, fortunately, our organization have more uh, cool mentors working with us through our accreditation program. And um, uh, in a very natural way, we are bringing huge diversity in terms of languages, cultures, professional backgrounds and life experience, which I think as a mentor, because you share your experience, it's what really matters. So uh, we look forward to continue to add this uh, different um, skilled people into our team so we can actually do a little bit more because we are very small but uh, in our eighth year of operation definitely we can reach more people and it's very very rewarding uh, Dylan it's um, it's a pleasure to wake up every morning and go out <laughs> what do you what, I mean what do you what do you love so much about doing this about about I mean uh, we know the benefits of walking you know and we can we can touch on that but what what brings you so much joy in in this in this work that you do as well um it's an amazing question i really think it's the feeling of being part of the solution always so i i don't do anything to diminish anyone i don't try to grab anything from anyone none of us in our in our team everything we do is to construct it's to elevate everything even if the participant really doesn't want or is boycotting the process which is okay because sometimes it's your process and we need to respect and all the space what makes it really special is this i feel that at a very very tiny scale you know it's really like a drop in the ocean but it is a drop and it's a constructive drop and um, when we look at the feedback we receive and quite often the feedback comes years after the programs. I mean, this is quite uh, impressive. And then suddenly you receive a message, a picture, uh, audio message, and someone tells you, look, I just want to tell you that today something very important happened in my life that I decided three years ago in your program. We don't even know what it is. Actually, we don't need to know. Yeah. But we need to know. And I think this is good because, you know, this evolution or this process of evolution is always two sides, right? You are in your internal process and then you have the external process which give you feedback. And when these two things are aligned, you understand that whatever sacrifice, whatever, it's worth it because you are always part of the solution. You are always building or adding something. And um, uh, this is a very good feeling to, you know, to wake up in the morning and you say, wow, one more day, let's go. This is really cool. <laughs> Beautiful. Tell me about some of the, the, the places that um, you guys, uh, you guys walk. Uh, I know you've been in Italy recently, but tell me some of the, the, the places that you go. Oh, you know, that's the problem with our planet, Dylan. I mean, this is an incredible planet. Everywhere I look, there is an opportunity. So we had to be a bit more humble in our ambition. So that's why we keep it to Europe. And we try to have different routes, Portugal, Spain, Italy, Switzerland, France, mainly these countries. And the reason is simple. Then we can play uh, with the weather and we can play with the different seasons. So it feels, you know, really nice when... You know, it's really hot down here. We go up to the Alps and it's fresher. And when everybody's complaining about rain, snow and cold, then we go south, you know, to Costa del Sol or Costa Vicentina. And we can, you know, be in T-shirt in January or February. So this is a a really good feeling. Um, But going to your point, I think that, uh, you know, we should really go out more. This is an incredible planet. And we have so much around us. Uh, and always available to give you a lot. So actually nature is so generous. You go out, you spend whatever time, 20 minutes, one hour, one full day, and you receive so much. And you know what? Always for free. Always for free. Yeah. Nature always gives you for free. I was in um, I was in South Africa recently. I, we went back. I went back um, to South Africa with my, with, my, with my wife and my children. It's the first time that they visited South Africa and and I was, I was one of the things that I um, was surprised about is a lot of your national parks and stuff in South Africa, you have to pay to get in. Mm. And, and we were like, we don't do this in Portugal. Like we just, if we want to go to like 
you know, where you are, or if we want to go along the Costa Vicentina, or if we want to go to set at the Pescaria near to Nazare, or, or, or to that whole coastline above Nazare near Valfurt. And these are, these are beautiful forest areas, natural parks. You just go. And uh, this is a privilege. This is a privilege for that. Again, you know, you, you mentioned how we have all these things here that we sometimes take for granted. Um, this is a privilege to have this in our country, places where we can just literally, you, you, just, you park your car somewhere. Yes. Probably nobody's going to rob it as well, which is a, a bonus. Um, mm. And just go, just go and walk and get lost. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a privilege. It is a privilege. I do understand that with the massification of either uh, tourism or uh, more people just, you know, living in a certain uh, place, you need an equilibrium and you need to find this equilibrium. And mm -hmm. some ecosystems, they do need uh, more attention, more care, more preservation. And I do understand that yes. in these situations, you might want to uh, create the conditions optimal conditions to protect that and that sometimes can come with a with a let's say with a with a ticket with a price but i also understand that it's very important that we should keep nature as available as possible to everyone because if you if you really think deeply from a bit far no one can really claim to own such thing right i mean i know that we need to be a little bit open minded here but um, it's very important to keep it available, especially maybe to people that have less uh, conditions, less possibilities to, to reach out. So if we make it too exclusive, actually, we are leaving a lot of people outside. And that's not a good thing. Mm. Fortunately, as you said, there are so many options. It's really just a matter of taking a little time and then go and discover. Open the door and go. Yeah. I, I I always ask people um on the podcast what, what makes them proud of Portugal. And and I remember I can't remember who it was. Um and they said, you know, we can't really say that we're proud of of the weather and our nature because that's not something that we did. That's not something that we have control over. But it it's something that does make me very proud of this country is this it's the, it's not a big country. Um, and then you look at, you know, you're talking about the vineyards and, you know, we have the second most grape varieties in the world. We have forests, we have beaches, we have coastline where for, there are still even close to where you and I live, there's parts of the coastline where there are no buildings. You can walk, you can walk on a beach and not see another human being. Yeah. This does make me proud. I think we have done something right in this country in preserving um, nature. I know, again, there's always room for improvement, but I feel like we've taken care of these things in in Portugal, and and like you said, we can go anywhere. It's 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 you could you could do a uh, you could limit your walking tours to Portugal, and you would not run out of places to go. It's amazing. For a few lives, I agree with you. For a few lives, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we mentioned that before. I think uh, it, it, it it's it's you know it's very interesting when you say about being proud of being Portuguese because. I think sometimes people don't probably don't care as much as they should because they don't feel that they are proud of their country. Because if you are, you care. It's a little bit like family. You're proud of your family. You care about your family. Um, and uh, this also comes with education, actually, mm -hmm. because quite often uh, it's very easy to fall into this trap. You see someone doing something that you definitely disagree in terms of behavior. Of course that you can think whatever you want, but usually I try to pause for a few seconds and just think, I don't know how this person was raised. I don't know. And usually I will end up with the same uh, answer. They were not so fortunate in terms of education because when you have education and you are proud of who you are and where you live, these two things together are very powerful because suddenly you just become a caretaker uh, by nature because you understand that this is not yours. I mean, it was lent to you and now you need to keep it in the best possible way, better if possible, to the next generation. 
you know, when I, I, I was many years in the Boy Scouts, something that really leave a mark in my soul. And uh, uh, it's very interesting because since you are five, six years old, you go camping and your chief always tells you two things. When you go camping, you only leave two things behind. You leave a thank you note to the owner of the land and you leave the land cleaner than you find it. And, you know, this is education. So imagine wherever you go, you say thank you. Imagine as a, as, as a tourist, as a foreigner in a foreign land. If you keep these two things together, I mean, it's a beauty and it's harmony because you say thank you and you leave it better than you find it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I'm going to ask you a difficult question. Um but I'm going to limit your your your, geogra your geography here. So that's going to, it's easier, but it's still going to be difficult. Um, uh -oh. Because if I had to ask you this question on a European scale, I don't think that, I don't think you would stop talking. Um, but some of your favorite places to, to walk uh, in, in our, our beautiful country in Portugal. Yeah, it is a, indeed an unfair, unfair question, <laughs> but I will try my best. Um well, this Costa Vicentina route is something, uh, it's something worth it to look into, you know, more attention. And I tell you why. We walk there maybe three, four times per year, and it's very rare to cross my way with other Portuguese. I say this not in a very positive way. I cross my ways with people from all over the world, very few Portuguese. And when I ask some of my friends if they know Costa Vicentina, all of them, any Portuguese will tell you, I know Costa Vicentina. They don't. They know what you can know by car. Yeah. But you actually, you don't know because you haven't walked there. So Costa Vicentina, I think it's a, it's a very interesting highlight. The north of Portugal is absolutely uh, magic. I mean, if you go there in wintertime and you catch, you know, a day with fog and all this steam in the air, I mean, you are in Narnia. For sure. But then you go down south, you know, after three hours, you are in Alentejo and these endless plains that can take your imagination as again, endlessly. So, and maybe I will leave you with one, one thing I discovered more recently. I, I heard about it and I knew about it actually many years ago, but only this year, shame on me, but only this year, I took my boys every year. We tried to do one week boys only because I think my wife couldn't stand it. So it's boys only. And um, uh, I don't know if you know, but when we had the whole uh, continents together in Pangaea, when they start, uh, you know, tearing apart, you have a very beautiful uh, route in uh, North America, the Appalachian Trail. I mean, uh, many people know it because it's kind of an epic thing to do. But can you imagine that one small section of the Appalachians, it's in Portugal, yes. it's in Portugal. And it's not very, not very long, I, I, I don't want to mistake, but maybe you are talking about 40, 50 kilometers. And uh, what I found absolutely amazing is that there are many Americans, Amer North Americans coming to Portugal to walk that kind of either last section or first section, depending how you see it, of the Appalachian. But actually, no Portuguese know about the Appalachian Trail. So where trail. is it? Well, as a reference point, you can go direction Castel Branco, or you okay. can go direction Oleiros. I think this is even better. And then from Oleiros, so we are talking about the center of Portugal, uh, you are maybe 20 kilometers away from the beginning of the Appalachian. And okay. this is something that deserves our care, our attention. And actually, it's quite funny because once you get to the top of the mountain, you have a couple of signs of the Appalachian Trail. And one of signs points into the direction 6,000 or 5,000 kilometers from here, okay? And it's true. <laughs> it is Amazing. It is true. Uh, and I think Portugal has other um, precious things, as I mentioned here. There are more because we are so rich, so diverse. Um, you know, one of my favorite hobbies when I was uh, flying a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, um, was to look at outside of the window because I always choose a, a, a window seat. And I just had the time of my life looking down and identifying the and name. Trying to figure out where, yeah. you, know, where you are. Yeah, I but like then doing when that as you, well. You realize that in such a tiny country, 
the level of diversity that you have available. I mean, how can you get bored in Portugal? It's impossible unless you want. But look, in a few hours, you go from mountain to ocean, to lakes, to rivers, to plains, to valleys. I mean, vineyards, um, you name it. And the other thing is that as you move along all this diversity, it changes the language, it changes the gastronomy, and it changes the weather. So, um, you know, for me, literally, Portugal is a small Disneyland for grown-ups. I love that Disneyland for grown-ups. I think I might that that might be the title of the of the podcast. Portugal is Disneyland <laughs> for grown-ups. Uh, for the for this episode, yeah, I can't agree with you more. We 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 were fortunate that we um uh you know I, I think COVID did something on a positive level that it made people travel within their own countries. And in in mm -hmm. Portugal, I think a lot of people got to see things that they didn't even know was there. Um. My my wife and I we went to an area near uh, near to um, uh, Fundal and Nelish that area in the Dao. I mean, it's amazing. It's just like wow. You know, we love where we live, and I think I live in the best part of the country. But there's just so much, and you don't have to drive far. You're two hours, and no. you're in a place which is just breathtaking. And yeah, we could talk about that forever, but we're we're super fortunate. Um, we are a bit uh, spoiled, you know. I remember yeah, when I spoiled. lived in Africa, and the friend will invite me for coffee. We will easily do 250, 300 kilometers to go for coffee, and in the evening return home. Here, if you ask to drive 50 kilometers, someone will tell you, "Oh, it's too mm -hmm. far away." Uh, we are a bit spoiled. I think yeah. it's a, a bit of mentality change. Yeah. But, well, my, um, my Portuguese yeah. wife, before before we, we, so she, I would say to her, okay, well, let's just quickly go there. It's 30 minutes away. She goes, 30 minutes? That's too far. Or if it's five minutes out of the way of the normal route, she would say, no, it's, it's a pain. And then we went to South Africa. We drove 5,000 kilometers when we were there <laughs> for three weeks. And she said yeah. to me, now nothing in Portugal feels far away. Absolutely. Because after being in a place like that, it's, yeah. I mean, so we are just, we're just super fortunate. Um, so I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, um, what are, um, what's one thing uh, that you want people to remember and take away from our conversation? One thing. Ooh. Um, well, considering everything we talk, and I think it's important to leave a positive note. I think, you know, whoever is listening, they should really believe in themselves. Believe in yourself. That's the message. Um, it's an internal work. No one will do that for you. Sometimes it's great to have someone by your side that actually shows you that you are much more than what you think you are. That's great. But uh, it is an inside job. So believe in yourself because the answers for your questions, they lie in you. They are in you. So believe in yourself and uh, don't be afraid because what is the alternative, right? I mean, I always like to think about that. What is the alternative of being afraid? And actually, if uh, a person dares to dream, and go after that dream, actually the fears tend to disappear. I mean, because as you go, you learn as you go. I, I like to say, we, we learn as we walk and uh, as we move forward. And if we stop walking, we stop learning. So actually, I think this is the endless process of life, self-development, uh, amazing to be nearby other people, but always thinking, believe in yourself. Don't be afraid. Believe in yourself. And I think every day tends to be at least slightly better than the previous. Believe in yourself. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, how can people follow you online, Joao, and, and get in touch if they want to chat and, and see about uh, the work that you're doing? Um, how can people reach out? Well, I think it's easy because probably we are still... <laughs> some of the few doing this um, look for walking mentorship walkingmentorship.com or walking mentorship 
uh, it's um, easy to follow us on, uh, I think, most social media. Uh, we have our website, walkingmentorship.com. And actually, I would say almost every month, because it's not really monthly, but it's almost monthly, we tend to release a newsletter where we try to share some of the learnings from the road and uh, update on new programs, this and that. And similar to the amazing work that you are doing here. And by the way, thank you so much for inviting me. We try to keep a podcast. So we invite okay. a guest to come walk and talk with us. Oh, wow. Again, it's maybe once a month. We try to do it once a month. And um, uh, basically to try to bring this different perspective, maybe from a very different person that you are used to, you know, nearby. And uh, all these situations, I think, will make it quite easy if you want to follow this um, incredible journey of walking mentorship. Wonderful. We'll we'll put some links in the show notes um, for people to to at least see what you guys are doing and and keep in touch. Um, it's an amazing amazing thing, um, and it, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, a question, Joao, that we ask all of our guests: Portugal, the simple life, why? Ah, because it matters, because it matters. <laughs> I like it, short and sweet. I'm definitely going to think about you when I go on my morning walk tomorrow uh, <laughs> and about our conversation. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. I mean, my pleasure. My pleasure, Dylan. And I'm going to let you call it. Well, that's a wrap. <laughs> So thank you once again to our guest and thank you to all of you for listening. Please subscribe, share with your friends, give us a thumbs up and please leave a comment or a review. We always love to hear from you. Don't forget, Portugal The Simple Life also has a magazine, so download it. It's for free. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And as we say in Portugal, Cesar's bem-vindo. Welcome to The Simple Life.